Hey there, you're listening to Don't Be an Asshole, a spiritual guide. It's a podcast where we talk about life, music, and spirituality. As we get into this, I just want you to know that it's not about getting you to believe what I believe. It's about asking you to ask yourself why you believe what you believe. All right, here we are in episode 10. I can't believe how fast time's going. Uh, It's part two with Dan Leonard. Excited to have you guys listen to that and see what you guys think. Uh, Give me a comment, like, subscribe, share the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patron.podbean.com forward slash Eric Tomier. As always, there will be a link down in the description. And what does supporting the podcast do? If you, you can support a dollar a month, five dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month, whatever you feel is a good amount for you, what it does is every time we hit a $250 support mark, that's one full day I don't have to drive for Uber. That means that's one full day I get to concentrate on making quality content for this podcast. So that's exciting for both of us, right? I mean, if you're here, maybe you're liking what you're hearing. So uh, check that out. That's patron.podbean.com forward slash Eric Tom We don't have any official sponsors, but there are a lot of people who unofficially sponsor my life, who help me along, give me good information. And I want to share that with you real quick. I already mentioned voiceover body shop on YouTube. If you were wanting to check out acting in front of the camera, check out Brian Cutler's actors studio in Burbank. Um, there's classes Tuesday night, there's classes Wednesday morning, and there's classes Thursday night. So it's a good opportunity to learn the craft of acting. If you're interested in voiceover, check out vo2gogo.com. That's vo, the number two, gogo.com. Link will be in the description. All right, well, let's move on, shall we? (laughs) All right. Giggity. So and and what's really what's really cool about it is that it's you know it's it's still available on that website and whenever I, it, and it's for Orthodox Jews mm-hmm. it was what's called the uh, the, uh, the Gutnik uh, Chumash okay which is uh, it's the the Orthodox Torah because they're constantly into you know debating and, and and that sort of thing so it was interesting commentary but when I run into Orthodox friends. Uh, people who are Lubavitch or uh, Chabad, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, you're Dan Leonard? I listened to the audio Bible. That was great. I mean, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's it's really cool that I got to do that. And I got some really good insight into the Torah. Yeah. That was that was important to me. And I've been a very, you know, observant, you know, pretty observant person since then. I've been to Israel twice in the last, uh, I was there in 2004. I was there during the war in 2006 with my family. Mm. Uh, and I never felt safer. Mm. Even, even when there's jets going over and helicopters going down the beach and... Israel's an amazing place. If 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 you haven't been, you I've gotta go. Never been. You and gotta go. It's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, uh, I want to go really, really bad. Yeah, um, it, well worth it. It's it's a 
It's a wonderful place. You know, a lot of stuff that's reported in the media is utter nonsense. Okay. You know, they, they did not build a separation wall because they wanted to keep the Palestinians out. And by the way, there's no such thing as Palestinians. They're all Palestinians. It was called Palestine. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're the Arabs of Judea and Samaria mm-hmm. and from Jordan. And there was no ancient culture of Palestinians as they like you to lead, lead you to believe. Okay. Or that they weren't... Uh, that, that Israel is occupying Palestinian land. What was what was the West Bank before 1967? It was Jordan. Okay. What was the Gaza Strip? It was Egypt. How come suddenly it's this other country? So right. you know. So I was very involved in in what's called Hasbara, public relations for Israel, and really talking to people about. Let's look at the reality here. What's yeah. really going on? You know, it's like, you know, what people are ticked off at, at Donald Trump because, you know, he's, they're closing the, 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 the PLO office in, in Washington. These people have murdered Americans. Yeah. You know, and cheered at 9-11, you know, which was yesterday. So, yeah. Um, but do you think that the people who identify as Palestinian and the people who are, are, are Jewish people, that somehow we, they should be able to just, hey— we should all be able to live in the same area. and Abs- Absolutely. There's no question about it. But the, the PLO has made it clear. No. Palestine is, yeah. is Judenrein. It's, there's no Jew. Well, the Jews will get, we'll, we'll get kick them out of here. This is our place. Hmm. And Israel is like, no, this is our country. And they're, they're armed to the teeth to keep them out. And you don't see Israel will go in to defend themselves and stop you know what goes on in you know in Gaza. Yeah. But they're constantly, you know, they're lobbing burning kites and missiles and into into Israel to try and disrupt things. For what purpose? To kill Jews. That's their only purpose. Yeah. And to in terror. Where did terrorism come from? What did the Palestinians give us? Terrorism. Hmm. That's the that's their great delivery to the world as far as I'm concerned. But while I'm pissing off a lot of people listening to this there, there is a way to tens peace. and tens of people right now. Yes, I know. <laughs> there is a way to peace, and that is, you know, turn your turn your your swords into plowshares. Yeah, drop this hatred and this that this is they, they stole your land and this is that. It's nonsense. Yeah, it's I like mean, just coexist because when they do work together, they can do amazing things. Yeah, so. yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. I mean, people, but we're talking about wars all over the Middle East that have been raging for thousands of years. Right. And I, I said earlier today that, to somebody that there, there's no easy answers for complex problems. No. You know. If, if there were easy answers, they yeah, would have solved them. Yeah, they would have solved them. Yeah. Finding me a little more complex than you thought. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm like, how how do I want to yeah, proceed is the, the thing. Because I... I just I want to see all of this peace. Where I was getting ready to go with that, okay, um, was they've been fighting for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and there are no easy answers. But for some reason, a lot of Americans think that the answer is to like, well, do it like we do it, and like pop on in there. And oh, while we're here, we're just gonna go ahead and take this oil, <laughs> and right. uh, and so I, I think we have a lot to answer for. 
we want to see peace over there, but we can't come in and force peace through capitalism. McDonald's and Starbucks isn't going to bring peace to the Middle East, no, you know. No, it's it's so, not up to us. Yeah, you know, and that's the problem is, is that they they try to rage this public relations war in America, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that have to settle it. Yeah, uh, and I've been saying that for years, and it's not actually worth debating mm-hmm. because I found that there's two diff- totally different narratives to the entire situation there. And they have their reality, and Israel has its reality, and there is no shaking what the truth is. Yeah. If, you know, if, the, fa- the facts are very clear, and there's there's a lot more to it than that, but it, it's, it's not a pleasant topic. No, yeah. no. People, like in any, any hot-button issue, which is what drives voters, mm-hmm. people believe what they believe, right. and facts don't really matter. Right. And most of it is just cheerleading. Yeah, it's cheerleading. And I know people who are willing to sell their moral soul if a candidate says they believe one thing that they're really passionate about. Right. And I'm just going to leave it up to the listener's imagination to whatever topic or issue that is, because everyone will come up with one of three and run with it that that's what I'm thinking of, too. Right. Theology is like a dangerous game. I thought of this analogy today. I'm sure. <laughs> um, it's a dangerous game of telephone. Mm-hmm. That somebody said something to somebody who said something to somebody who said something to somebody who said something to somebody. And here I am in the 21st century, Los Angeles, California, absorbing the Apostle Paul or the writings of, of Ezekiel through the lens and the snake of Jewish, Greek, Latin, German, English, Quaker, Mm. all the way to me until I'm like, well, this is what they really meant. And so it's... They meant a lot of different things. They meant a lot of different things. (laughs) And that's what the U.S. Constitution is all about. Yes. (laughs) All right. Oh, man, that got deep, man. It can get deep. Yeah, it got yeah. deep fast. And I I have ADD, like, severely, and I'm loving your uh, boom arm attached to the ceiling here. Yeah, that uh, was that was an, an, an amazing piece of technological marvel. Uh, a couple of screws, a retractable arm, and there's yeah. a brick holding it on the other side of that curtain. But, okay. You know, so it... <laughs> so don't look behind the curtain. Another don't wizard. No, no, don't look behind the curtain. Another Wizard of Oz yes, yes. situation. All right. Now, me, yes. I believe that one of the most spiritual things in the entire world is music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been playing guitar for about 30 years. And I'm not an emotional man, but when I hear, hear certain songs, I get very weepy. I cry oh, yeah. almost every time David Gilmore hits a certain note and comfortably numb. One of my favorites. One of my all-time favorites. So what I like to ask people is because music... George Harrison, uh, and I've said this in probably three episodes of the podcast so far, (laughs) out of like six. (laughs) George Harrison describes music as the vibration that it is what love is. It's Mm -hmm. that vibration that connects us all together. Right. Uh, Because once you strum that chord, we can all feel it. So is there a song that always takes you back to the same? When you hear it, you're transported back to a certain place and a certain time. And if so, what is that place and time? Well, you got to remember I was in radio. Okay. So as my son says, how do you know the words to all those songs? Because I heard them over and over and over and over again over 60 years. 
Uh, God, there's so many songs that are, you know, that I really connect with. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff from Bob Marley. Oh, man. Um, you know, Pink Floyd, uh, the Beatles. I grew up yeah. listening to the Beatles. I actually got to see the Beatles, though. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. In 1967 in Toronto. Uh, it's one of those things you're never going to forget. Yeah, you know? that was like the very end of they. They were probably not doing. That was their very, last tour. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I also got to see John F. Kennedy speak live. Oh my in god. In 1963, on my father's shoulders, but you'll never forget it. Yeah. So I have a lot of connection to music from the 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped listening to stuff in the 80s, so now mm-hmm. I'm starting to get back into it again and listening to you know some of the more new and indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it just goes all across the gamut. Patsy Cline. Uh, what a voice. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, and of course, it, the Beatles individually mm-hmm. and together, uh, especially George Harrison, uh, you know, and, you know, Imagine is always one of those songs that whenever it comes on, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That would I, be nice. <laughs> yeah. I think the one piece of music, though, and I think this is probably fairly universal and not very Jewish, uh, is... You know, Christmas time is here from from Charlie Brown by Vince Guaraldi. Okay. Do 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 do. If you grew up in a place where there was snow mm-hmm. and it would just lightly fall down, and you and the holiday season comes and you hear that song and you're just shoveling the driveway and it just takes you there every time, mm. even here in sunny Southern California. So that's the one that that always takes me back to a certain place because I loved winter when I was younger and I was mm-hmm. playing hockey. It was my time of the year. Yeah. That's that's really my my anchoring sort of song. Yeah. I'm a few years younger than you are. A couple. A couple. Okay. Yeah. We, we don't have yeah. to count. That's yeah. Fine. I uh, grew up through the 80s. I graduated high school in the early 90s. Okay. Um, so well, then ni- you're a lot younger yeah. than me. I, 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 I graduated in 1975. So yeah. I graduated in 93. Three. Okay. So you're about the same age. At, you're a little bit younger than my parents because mm-hmm. um, they were 18 when they had me. Oh, okay. Uh, they were just babies. Yeah. So, but I was more influenced by my dad's music mm-hmm. uh, than like my peers. Right. I went so, to, so the early 80s, in other words. No, the, 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 the he, he, he was a huge uh, late 60s and early 70s fan. Okay. Um, so the Beatles are my all-time favorite band. Of course. I, I love the Stones. Hendrix, Pink Floyd, Cream, Eric Clapton. I was named after Eric Clapton. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like basically put a guitar in my hand right. when I was a baby. Yeah. Billy Joel was also one of my is one of my all time favorites too. And I just I, I was very impacted mostly by the Beatles, but then I, I kind of skipped over the eighties. I wasn't a big fan of music in the eighties. All my friends, well, all of my peers, I guess, because I didn't really have friends in, in like junior high. Um, they all listened to like Bon Jovi and Warrant and and all these. Not, hair, now you're losing me. I, yeah, <laughs> hair, these hair metal bands. Right, right. And I was listening to uh, Neil Young's Harvest album mm-hmm. and John Lennon's Plastic Ono Band. Yeah. Uh, his first one right after the Beatles with Mother and Working Class Hero right, on it. Right, right. And both of those have uh, very specific memories to me, but. Um, I'll just go ahead and I, I don't really know when I was going to throw this one out on the podcast. I'm going to do okay. it now. Um, <laughs> it's my all-time favorite song yeah. of any genre, by any band, 
uh, my all-time favorite piece of composed music is In My Life by the Beatles. Really? Yeah. Just that one that one song. That one song. I love the whole album. Right. But that song specifically, it's been my favorite song since I was about 15 years old. Was that on Rubber Solar Revolver? I always get those two con- too confused. I, I got a, <laughs> I have a friend who, I I, I don't. I, I don't want to go and say that he's also on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but he knows everything about the Beatles, the Stones, and every St. Louis Cardinal that's ever played. Yeah, that seems yeah. somewhat, somewhat uh, yeah. on the and, spectrum. And so he would know it, like who composed it, when it was, what they were thinking, right. all of this stuff. But there are places I remember in my life, but, and just the whole thing. When I was 14 or 15, it became my favorite song. And I used to sing it all the time. And it was just kind of mine. It was about me. It was about, I went to like 13 elementary schools and three high schools. And right. I moved around so much. So I just, father, I did a father in the military. Oh, uh, no, we were just poor. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I mean, we would move. There would be an issue. There'd be a problem. Right. Sometimes we moved a few blocks and it would change schools because right. the school, the way the school systems are. Um, the biggest shock of my life was going into middle school. And even though we moved, the school district was large enough to house our move to where I went to the same school for three years, yeah. sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I didn't know what to do with that. I made two friends that three years, and I was like, that was two more friends than I'd ever made before. So I was totally in shell shock. But years went by, and it's such a beautiful song that when my wife and I got together in 1998, it just became our song. Mm-hmm. So now anytime that song comes on, and anytime we were honored at a at a banquet in ministry or something like that that would be the song they played because they knew it was my favorite mm-hmm. so that song that song brings me back to like a thousand places right because that song has been my favorite song for 35 song years about. yeah but how how young was john lennon when he wrote that see yeah. that would have been 1966 yeah maybe 65 or 66 depending on which album You're much younger than we are yeah today but yeah uh, yeah so it, it, an amazing an amazing artist I yeah mean, he, he was younger than me when he got assassinated wow yeah amazing yeah so but you know it, um, how insightful to write a song like that when you really haven't experienced yeah and look at the things that he experienced after that, yeah, you know, I mean, his life was pretty exciting in New York, and yeah, you know, and and he had a very interesting life, uh, you know, after the Beatles, yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's a great song. I mean, you know, I know it. Like my son says, you know all the words because you know, how many yeah. times I heard, you know, how many times I listened to that album. Yeah, that is my all-time favorite song. I I mean, I love Chopin. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, classical music. I love hard rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and who doesn't? Well, yeah. some people don't. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, ACDC, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. I mean, all the stuff that you know came out in '91. As you were getting out of radio, right. there were like ten great albums that came out in '91. Right. Uh, I can just rattle them off, but yeah. yeah, there's no need. But geez, music and spirituality to me can't be separated. Right. So. And and I found that there were a number of artists. I, you know, I, I was a big Genesis fan during the 70s uh-huh. and 80s. Uh, and then when I was the, my latter years in radio, uh, I worked at a, a station that worked, had a format called The Wave. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of, yeah, got a lot of new agey type music. Mm-hmm. So I got into Enya. Okay. And, um, you know, some other, some other bands that no one's ever heard of. Nice ethereal music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still have a, an affinity for that. And I find that a lot of the indie music today 
you know, acoustically is is like that. And there's a lot of originality, a lot of really good talent out there right now, which makes me feel like the world's not going to hell in a handbag. There's still very talented people doing what they want to do. Yeah. And I get to listen to it. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. People have been saying the world is going to hell in a handbasket for longer than I've been alive. And it's still here. I know. I'm like, how freaking slow is that basket? Really? When's it going to get there? People, I mean, like people, are like if you if you don't sleep and you keep eating the way you're eating, you're going to die. I'm like, when? There's a hundred percent. I used to sell life insurance. There's a hundred percent chance you're going to die. Yeah. You know, it's one thing. It's true. You know, it's like you know, you can live now, and yeah. I can pay you later, or yeah. someone will pay you later. Yeah. Uh, I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger, hamburger today. today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my Popeye. I mean, uh, the original Popeye. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was also into the Marx Brothers and mm-hmm. all the great classical stuff that I think a lot of young people today really have not been exposed to. And uh, I think that's, uh, I mean, up until this generation, yeah, we uh, TV was set up in a way where everyone watched reruns. Mm-hmm. There was network television, and even though I grew up in the '80s and in the '90s, the TV we watched were the Brady Bunch. I love Lucy, and then the new stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cheers, all, all those shows that that were new, Roseanne and you know TGI Friday, all, all right. those different things that people watched. But we all had a working knowledge of the stuff that our parents grew up watching, mm-hmm. um, the stuff from the fifties and the sixties. Now with Netflix, people only watch. There's never going to be another moment where it's like the season, the series finale of Mash, something mm-hmm. that everybody watches, right? Because there's a lot of people watched Game of Thrones, right. but not everybody. Right. A lot of people watch Stranger Things, but not everybody. Yeah. There's no more water cooler shows. There's no Seinfeld. Right. There's no MASH. Right. There's no Friends. Right. And those are never going to happen again, in my opinion. Well, there's some, you know, Handmaid's Tale, very popular. Very popular. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you see, and the thing is, it's because it's so good, you know, in, in, in the realm of podcasting, mm-hmm. what's the key to good podcasting? Make something really good, and people will try and find it. Uh-huh. So, you know, with, with Handmaid's Tale, I got to do whatever it takes to get Hulu because yeah. I want to watch this. Or okay, my wife loved it. Yeah, you know, or or get on Showtime to watch, uh, you know, Shameless or uh, uh, Outlander. My life loves Outlander. Just watched Jack Ryan in three nights, which was. Great series. I want to see that, too. It's really, really good. I was an extra on the season finale, season two of Westworld, and oh, I've never oh, really? se- I've never seen an episode, yeah. but someone I was an extra with a couple of weeks ago yeah. remembered me dying on screen. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, I remember you from that show. And I'm like, I've never seen it because I'm not going to... I already pay for Netflix, and I pay for Hulu, and I pay for Amazon Prime. Right. I'm done. I can't afford anything else. Right. You know, we we always do the free trial. Okay, we'll do the three week trial so we can watch all of this in one one sitting. My wife and I are are, are horrible binge watchers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what are we going to watch now? Um, I started watching Westworld and. It's very involved. Yeah, you got to really think about it. And uh, yeah, so I probably can't just watch the season two finale. No, no, you've gotta, <laughs> you got to you got to see the first episode and work your way through. And I, I, you know, someday when I, you know, my wife doesn't like it very much, so it's like, all right, we'll watch it. It's yeah, fine, it's fine and dandy. So what else you got for me? Well, man, we talked about a lot quickly. It happens. Yeah. So the the thing I always like to end with, and mm-hmm. we could. 
we don't have to actually end with it. If it sparks something different, sure. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the world is kind of a screwed up place. There's a lot of assholes out there. Yes, there are. A lot of people who, they seem to go out of their way to be assholes. You know, the political division, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what side of the aisle you happen to find yourself on, the other person's always wrong. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, in the face of the way the world is right now, that seems to be running very far away from spirituality. Mm-hmm. What keeps you leaning into spirituality? Why do you get up in the morning and go like, there's still something out there for me? Uh, because it's how I think. It's mm-hmm. like, I decided this year, you know, I'm 61 years old. I figure if I got another 30 years, mm-hmm. I got to make it count. Mm-hmm. Which is not something I could say about the, the prior 61. I've accomplished a lot of great things in my life. But I'm at a point in my life where, how can I make a difference? And if you take the attitude of how can I make a difference, how can I you know, help people, you know, and I'm, I'm not the most outgoing and, you know, charitable person out there that I, that I should be. But I will, if I see something that's worth it, I will, I will contribute to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or... In my industry, in the voiceover industry, uh, myself and three other guys, uh, we started the Industry Association of Freelance Voice Actors. Okay. We wanted to make the industry a better place. Mm-hmm. And you do that through an industry association and, and, associ- you know, and getting people to work together uh, on common issues. You know, I was really driven mm-hmm. to make that happen. From that, and also, you know, some other experiences I had at being in leadership positions in certain organizations. The most important thing, I think one of the highest ideal, ideals in Judaism, is to always do the right thing. Hmm. And then the question, well, what's the right thing? You well, Spike Lee knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I always look, what's gonna, what's the best benefit for everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's really what makes me think, you know, these are, these are turbulent times, but I'm also a historian. I have a master's degree in social studies and American history. Mm-hmm. I know how this country works. It's, you know, you can't see I'm waving my hand right now yeah. up and down. And it's the, the, the political ups and downs of our country. It's it's always a cycle. You think this is a bad year? You should take a look at the election of 1800 between yeah. between uh, uh, Jefferson and, uh, and, Sam, and, and John Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, two guys that were actually good friends, but it was nastiest campaign of all just horrible things that they were saying about each other. And now, you know, yeah, things seem to be a little bit more open because the current resident of the White House is trying to make that popular. The majority of people in this country are like you and me. They want everything to be okay. Yeah. Uh, People who are racists and bigots, they feel empowered right now. It's temporary. Yeah. And it will go, it will fall away. Now, they probably said the same thing in Nazi Germany, but then again, Donald Trump's not out there murdering people like Vladimir Putin to right. get rid of his opposition. He's just insulting them, and everyone's like, yeah, well, screw you, too. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the he, difference. Then he looks at someone like Putin and goes like, well, he said he didn't do anything, and I believe him. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, you know who else said he didn't do anything? O.J. Simpson. That's right. <laughs> you know? I'm still going to find the real murderers. Yeah. Uh, and having met O.J. a few times is, like, interesting, dude. Uh, and this was when he played for the Buffalo Bills. Okay. You know, yeah. and, you know, um, you know, 
Buffalo is a small town. We met all the yeah. all the celebrities because they were drinking in the same place as we were. Yeah. Um, but I believe in America. I believe in our Constitution. I believe mm-hmm. in our way of doing things because as we were talking about earlier, look at all these different ways of looking at things, oh, Latin and Greek and Judaism and Christianity. Madison took it all and bound it all together into the U.S. Constitution. The U.S. Constitution is about freedom of expression. Right. Every last part of it. Through the, the Bill of Rights, it's all about representation and not preventing people from being in the political process. Now, someone said, well, blacks weren't allowed into it until and women weren't allowed into it. But once they were... It didn't really change the way things worked. It didn't change the dynamic. The Constitution, it, it finally, we finally allowed it to open up to what it was supposed, supposed to, be. to be. And yeah. it works. Yeah. And people saying, oh, this is going to be a trial. This is terrible. I have people saying, oh, we're, you know, everything's going to go to, it's going to go downhill. And, you know, we're, the, our, and we're in our last days. The and, slippery slope argument. Yeah. I, it makes me want to slip my throat. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not. I'm, well, <sighs> I'm try, not. Try another metaphor. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, my gosh. It makes me want to, I don't know. <laughs> it makes me want to throw up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh. I have a very positive attitude about things. My wife is like, look what Trump is doing. What's going on? I'm like, patience. This is the the key to survival in South... South Worst case scenario, six more years. Right, right. But listen, I I wasn't a big fan of Obama, and I was able to survive that. Yeah. Um, And... But I have immense patience. Mm -hmm. Unlike what my mother says I have. (laughs) No, patience. I can be on the 405 for an hour and a half, and I'm like... It's moving. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, there's somebody in a walker going faster on a sidewalk, <laughs> but that's fine. I, you know, if you have patience, you can survive here in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and a lot of people don't have patience, and a lot of kids today don't have any patience. To survive, my survival job is driving for Uber. Uh huh. And boy, you better have some patience. <laughs> yeah. And I, I uh, yesterday, I picked someone up in, uh, South L.A. somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in a pool. So there were like a few other riders, but right. uh, he was going to Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty long. That's a long road. It's, yeah. a, it's a long route. But at eight o'clock in the morning, it took me three hours. Yeah. Three hours to go. You could have biked it there and back in three hours. Really? Probably. Um, maybe not, but you definitely could have biked it there right. uh, for sure. And, but, and I've taken people to the airport when it's taken me two hours to get there and they only they booked the Uber too late. So it's their fault. They're gonna miss their flight. They're gonna have to get a different flight. They're super stressed. And then some every once in a while someone's like, How are you staying so calm in all this? And my answer is always the same. Your stress isn't my stress. Right. If you miss your flight, I still get to have dinner with my wife and children tonight. I, and that's the same attitude I have in voiceover. Yeah. You know, if if I if I don't you know, I audition for a lot of stuff. I don't get the job, I still get to eat lunch. Yeah. You know, and but that's not true of other people. And I, you know, sometimes I think that's to my detriment that I'm not desperate. I know I'm, I know I'm good at what I do, uh-huh. and I, I have a rhino skin around it. People aren't giving me rejection; they're just not hiring me for something. Right? But they're going to hire me for something else. Yeah. And you know, so that's that, you know, that's really the attitude you have to have. But trying to be an actor in this town, man, you've got to have. 
you've got to want it in your gallbladder. Mm-hmm. It has got to be part of your the fiber of your being to be yeah. an actor. Because what a pain in the ass it is to be doing those on-camera auditions and driving all over. I got one tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you really want to do it? I mean, I, yeah. I've done, I've you know, I've done it a few times with my agents, and yeah, there's something you know, the yeah, middle-aged guy with a bald and with a handlebar mustache. That's the spec. Yeah. Oh, something oh. for me. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. So, well, I mean, my acting teacher says that you know, you're the only, you're the only one of you. Right. You know, uh, even though people look at me sometimes and they're like, "Hey, you know, if." Uh, if uh, there's ever a need to be a double for Nick Offerman, you're the guy. Right. And I'm like, all right. Well, he's a little cooler than me. Yeah. You know, um, it's easy to like back off and be like Nick Offerman. Though. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Acting is not as easy as people think. No, man. It's not. And you can, you can learn it or you just got it. Here's my... Here's what keeps me coming back. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't have the acting bugs like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm 43 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, several auditions. I've had background roles and a small role in a commercial so mm-hmm. far. But I had one great audition for a theatrical role in a TV series. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the part, but a lot of great feedback from the casting director and the producer. And they they said, when they found out that this was my first time in an audition room, mm-hmm. They were blown away because they loved my self-tape and they loved what I was doing with the character. And they found out that I had just resigned from ministry and it was my first time. And this casting director looked at me and said, ministry's loss could be acting's gain. Right. And so like a good shot in golf when you're like a 30 handicapper. Keeps um, you coming back. It keeps you coming back. I've been there, done that. Yeah. I've I've holed it in from about 70 yards before. And that's the shot that you remember. Right. And that audition... That one moment is the thing that keeps keeps me coming back because I'm going to land one of those roles someday. Right. So I've taken the attitude that when I do an on-camera thing, it's like, you're not getting the freaking job. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, the odds are so against you. Mm-hmm. So if you're auditioning for an Arthur Miller play, mm-hmm. for three minutes, you get to be in an Arthur Miller play and give, yeah. it, every, give it everything you got. But that's not, you know, it's not really how I want to live. I've mm-hmm. got so many other things going on right yeah. now. I'm, I'm producing podcasts. I'm doing my voiceover work. I do a weekly live webcast. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm enjoying all the stuff I do. So there's really no need for me to go out of my way to be really annoyed. Yeah. So. Well, I enjoy the stuff you do, too, man. It's, it's fun all stuff. Right. It's fun stuff. All right. Well, I end every podcast by turning to the microphone and saying, all right, kids, don't be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I hope this thing was continuously recorded. (laughs) I'm sure.